Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Realcom Live. Uh, we had a couple week hiatus there with the holidays, giving our team a little much needed break. Um, and hopefully you did as well. Hopefully you took some time to uh, just relax, spend time with family and friends, read a good book, clean the garage, catch up on chores, visit family and friends, uh, or just sleep. Um, I know it's been an interesting couple of years. And I got the sense this holiday season that everybody um, needed these last couple of weeks just to kind of refresh and, and uh, rejuvenate a little bit. So it's great to be back. Uh, we come back on the heels of a new surge uh, of Omicron. Um, things were in the summer, you know, kind of going in quarterly chunks, summer into the fall, things were looking good. The return to work, people were going back into offices. We were seeing more activity out in the, out in the world. And lo and behold, Omicron hits um, a very, very, uh, uh, fast spreading virus or variant. And um, it seems to have put a halt uh, to some of the progress we were making. Good news is we hear it's it's short uh, in nature and not as volatile. Uh, and we're hoping that uh, we can get through this one quickly and get back to that um, trend that we were seeing uh, in the uh, June, July, August, September timeframe. So uh, given Omicron is, is making the headlines again, today's uh, segment is very, 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 very appropriate. We've been talking about indoor air quality for a long time. Me personally, I've been interested in indoor air quality way before COVID struck. The idea of mold sitting in the fibers of a filter sitting in an air conditioner uh, or an air handling unit in a building has always been a concern of mine. And I never thought that um, having those particles flying around an office where people were working eight to 10 hours was a good thing. COVID obviously brought much more attention to that. And so, um, early on, we were, you know, trying to figure out what type of technologies could be brought into buildings. When we did our event in Denver over a year ago, we were crawling through air conditioning ducts and had five or six. That journey continued into this year's event in Scottsdale, where we had literally an indoor air quality well, um, wellness lab, where we had, I think it was about six or seven different technologies. And much of that initiative and effort of that lab was, draw, was driven by the car, by car properties. Um, Ilan Zakar and Aaron Ashter Alter, who's the director of technology initiatives at Car Properties, is our guest today. They really have been in the forefront of not just looking at, at technologies to make indoor air quality better or wellness more to the, at the front of the conversation, um, but they're looking at it at a scalable enterprise level, not a little test here and there, but something they can deploy portfolio wide. Um, and before I bring Aaron on, let's take a quick look um, at a video produced by Car Properties to give you a little idea of what they're up to. And then we're going to come right back and have a great conversation with Aaron on indoor air quality. All right, Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great, Jim. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year to you. And first of all, great video. Uh, a lot of information in a very short period of time in an engaging way. So thank you for that. Um, and boy, I got to tell you, use a football metaphor. No defense, an awful lot of offense. I mean, you know, last couple of years, a lot of people kind of standing still, not sure what was going on. Seems like you guys took the opposite approach and really doubled down and got to work while the world was quiet. We have been busy, yes. And um, I echo that. Uh, kudos to our marketing team putting together that fantastic uh, piece of material. Every time I watch it, you know, I watch it, I'm bouncing in my seat, excited. It makes exactly. me feel, you know, proud to be with such a great organization. But um, you're right. I mean, we have been busy and taking advantage of the the downtime while our customers have adopted these uh, new work models, work from home or hybrid in the office and work from home um, to really, I mean, to really capitalize on the return to work to make the experience as best as possible, to make it easy 
and to um, really take away a lot of the fears that our customers have about coming back into public spaces. Right. So just for those who may not be 100% aware of car or the size of portfolio, a quick snapshot of, of types of properties, square footage, locations. Sure. So uh, we're based in downtown DC. That's where I am at the moment um, in our space. And our portfolio spans um, in and around the DC region up to Boston, and then most recently in Austin, Texas. Uh, and we, uh, we buy, own, manage, uh, and develop properties. Um, our two, three most notable developments, um, certainly the largest project that we have under development right now is the One Congress uh, up in Boston, Massachusetts. It's a million square feet. It will be the home of State Street Bank. Big project going on um, with expected you know, delivery in the next 18 months. Um, and we just finished up a really cool project in, uh, in Union Market. It was featured in that video there. And uh, we just learned uh, we're going to be the, the home to the social media platform TikTok in, wow. uh, in that property. So we're really excited to bring, um, you know, those technology focused, um, you know, innovation oriented companies into our properties. Uh, so size wise, uh, you know, we sit about two, um, we have about 4 million square feet, a um, couple million square feet under development right now, uh, and we're growing. Now, because we are focused on innovation in the built environment, we are very aware of, of CAR and you know, have been for a number of years. But given all the awards that you were given in the last you know, 12, 18 months, seems like a lot of other people are really starting to recognize that you are really different. And while a lot of people talk you know, about innovation, you guys are actually doing it. Can you tell me a little bit about the, cult, the innovation culture at CAR? Where does it start? How high does it go? in the executive ranks and, and what allows you guys to really be ground, you know, break ground on a lot of these new ideas and technologies? Yeah, so in, in terms of leadership, uh, I mean, that's where that's where we're, we're very fortunate, that those of us that are implementing the innovation because um, all the way from the top, uh, our leadership is, is um, oriented around innovation. It's one of our core, um, core business pillars and, um, and really the, you know the the leader of our department, Ilan Zakar. He's been awarded this year on, on his uh, his work in commercial real estate. He's had a tenured career and has done some phenomenal things. So between um, the you know the leadership of the company that's willing to listen, learn, and be on the forefront, take some risk, and Ilan's goals and objectives and vision, uh, and then us, you know, just on the implementation side, uh, we are we're poised to do some some really powerful things. Right. And, and what's interesting is, you know, I, I talked to a lot of senior tech executives and we, when we talk about, you know, the battleground of going into the investment committee or the executive committee with these innovative ideas, you know, the hit rate is not that good, um, despite, you know, all the talk of innovation. And a lot of times senior leadership pushes back on a lot of these ideas. What makes CAR different? Is it, is it that the senior leadership gets this innovation, you know, in a true uh, way or, or is it Elon's really good at selling? Yeah, well, it's a couple things. I mean, uh, for one, you know, you have to tip your cap to Elon. He's a um, he has the vision. He successfully implemented in the past. He's got a great track record. Um, but uh, but also, our portfolio is really a, a nice size uh, where the team here can access. We have access to the properties. We have good relationships with the, the operations team. Good relationship with the onsite, you know, engineering team, where we can do the types of things in our properties. Um, and just we physically have access uh, based on our size to do a lot of these things. We right. can move quickly. 
So because of that, we adopt this, you know, build, measure, learn feedback loop, you know, the lean startup model uh, to pilot a lot of agile. these programs quickly. Agile, exactly right. Agile, yeah. 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 And we did talk about that actually at the conference where, you know, where people were saying, how can CAR get so much done? And the conversation of the portfolio size did come up is that, you know, it is just the right size where it's big enough to be able to do things in a meaningful way, but not so big that it's cumbersome. Exactly. You know, but go ahead. Yeah, and, and we're fortunate enough where we we have you know properties that we've we've purchased from others and remodeled. We have properties that we're building from the ground up, and then we also have properties that we're doing third party management for. So we have you know different markets. We have different property types. We have different ownership models. So that gives us flexibility. Right. So um, you made a big splash this year at the conference with the indoor air quality lab. You guys are really the muscle behind it uh, and brought a lot of the technologies that you've been testing and implementing at, uh, at the conference. Can you get, I mean, COVID obviously, you know, was something that brought indoor air quality attention to all of us. Give us the timeline on when you started to apply your innovative thinking to indoor air quality. Um, you know, it, it, was it going on for five years? Did it start with COVID? Give us a little idea on when this conversation began. You know, really, I mean, we were um, we were thinking about wellness and sustainability well before uh, we've ever heard of COVID. Uh, it was one of our core business pillars that we we line up our um, IT objectives behind, and one of them was uh, wellness and sustainability. And because of that, we knew we we needed to understand that space through data collection. So we were collecting data from our fitness centers. We were collecting data from um, different types of, of building management system units to tell us how you know uh, sustainable and how well our spaces were behaving. And because, I mean, we're really fortunate that because we had um, adopted a lot of those uh, analytics practices, the platforms in place to collect this information that once COVID hit, we had to react quickly to um, to start getting better sensing, better understanding of the air quality itself, that it was really an extension of what we'd already built. Um, so we've been working so hard on this, this analytics platform. Um, so it really gave us, um, you know, a starting line that was a bit further ahead than others in the industry. You know, and God bless you. We, we've been talking about this for a really long time. The, the architecture that would be in place you know, and you don't make that investment for just one application, it's the foundation on which you build. And we're gonna take a, br a brief break. And when we come back, I wanna get deeper into the building internet of things, technology architecture and the data aggregation strategy that CAR uh, had implemented. And then uh, and why it made that, why that decision made it so easy to implement the COVID and wellness technologies on top. So let's hear from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Aaron. All right, so uh, we touched upon a little bit before the break. So an architecture, a network, you know, you've got your communication layer, you've got your operating system, you've got your applications. You create a technical infrastructure in a building that starts to allow multiple different systems to connect, start sharing data and normalizing it, getting in a way that just like in the IT world, it's easy to move around and slice and dice, right? So you guys have been working on that for a while. Why don't you give us a little overview of what that means? Sure. Uh, so CAR has a, a big appetite for data and we are um, 
we're very hands-on with our systems. And it's really a qualifier these days that if we bring on a new system, we wanna make sure that we can access the data, that we can mine, model, and visualize it. Uh, and that's been a core principle um, you know, between Alon and his vision uh, around the analytics movement since we started this program. But um, we've been on it for a couple of years and uh, we touch everything in the, in the OT environment um, that allows us to, to capture data from. And, um, you know, the, the maintenance, the access, the, um, you know, facilities down in our amenities were just the start. Once the COVID movement happened, we started to look at how, how IoT devices could uh, get us better informed about our, our air quality and spaces. Uh, this was a natural extension. Um, so we, we really extended the system into a, tr a true IoT uh, IoT system that could could feed into the major player. Uh, so, so just like in, a, in an IT environment where you hook up workstations, printers, scanners, devices, your network was in place that once COVID hit, you just looked for devices that were IT or IP centric that were dealt with air quality, hooked them up and, and you were ready to go. And we were ready to go. You know, not only on the network connectivity side, that's the, you know, that's the field challenge, but on the analytics side, we were ready to ingest the data and make sense of it. Um, and a couple decisions we made early, very early on in that program allowed us to do that. So one was uh, we knew that the data we were collecting and the platform we were used to collect, to collect it, we knew we wanted to keep that uh, decoupled. So our data sits in a different system than our uh, visualization tool sits. So we use a decoupled method, which means that we can take data in, we don't have to worry about the restrictions or limitations of the front end. That was kind of the first piece that worked for us. Um, and, then, uh, and then we also developed out a data model on, uh, that, that allows us to take in multiple types of data that all talk about the same thing. So you brought up the lab that we um, had run in Arizona. We had you know, four, four or five different types of, of technologies feeding data into one centralized system. And that only works if you think ahead and develop out that common model ahead of time. Exactly. So a couple key steps that we made. Uh, so not just the communications infrastructure and the operating, but the data layer better, exactly. you, you figured that out as well. And it's really funny how the OT world, the facilities world is really following the old computer models, right? Of, of how you architect the system. And obviously we've been on this for 15, almost 20 years, and we believed in it. And it's so great to see an organization like you who've embraced it. And then when an emergency like a COVID comes along, being able to react pretty quick, uh, get these devices in, spitting data, and then making good decisions based on that data. That's that's cool. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, you know, your indoor air, indoor air quality um, project. Give me two or three of the highlights. You've been at it for a year, year and a half now. So what are a couple of the things that really rise to the top as far as what you implemented and what really made a difference? Sure. So like all of our projects, we do pilot first. Um, so we implemented pilot earlier on in, uh, in 2021. And the learnings from our pilot were, were pretty astounding. Uh, the first thing we learned is we're not as smart as we thought we were about our existing systems. And these new tools gave us better insight to tune and better adjust some of the systems that we already had in place that maybe we thought were uh, working the way that we thought, uh, but actually weren't. Um, so that, that was really step one is becoming familiar, being aware of our current systems. Uh, and once we realized we're able to collect the data, we're able to capture meaningful information, then we start to understand what are we gonna do with this information? How are we gonna develop some action around it? 
So very quickly, we took the pilot concept and we thought about how can we develop automation. Uh, we took about six months developing out an automation program that's in place now. Uh, and that's when we, we knew that we were ready for scale with the program. So uh, Elon, our executive team, uh, you know, wrote out the business plan in the case to say that this makes sense for car properties portfolio for uh, portfolio distribution really at the enterprise scale. Right. And it was that sense where it was at the platform that you guys um, um, decided to go with? Yeah, we piloted a number. Uh, we piloted the Or Air, the Rad Green, uh, and the Senseware. And at this point, uh, for this implementation, which is um, BMS Air Handler Unit Placement, uh, we're moving forward with Senseware. Right. And and one of the things I was uh, truly impressed too, as well, was the Aura Air uh, wall units that you know that could detect changes in the room in the air, began immediate filtration. And then I saw that uh, a press release recently where they've really expanded their enterprise capability, realizing that it's not just one or two devices on a wall that matter, it's devices everywhere, being able to connect to a network and enterprise, get it back to a warehouse or some type of a data lake. Uh, and then like you're doing, analyze that data quickly and effectively. Yeah. Yep. And, and we do think very highly of Aura Air. We have them in a lot of our shared amenity spaces mm -hmm. and, and they work well um, out at the edge if you do need to do filtering at the edge uh, and close you know, in locker rooms, in fitness centers, conference rooms, things like that, we found they, they are effective. Very effective. Does the day ever come where, where somebody walks into the room with COVID and we know it? I believe it will come. Yeah, yes. people are working on it. Aura is very close. They've made some publications that, that they've had some success identifying it. Um, but it seems to be like the that's where we're heading. But they, they, then the question is, it will also detect colds and flus and sniffles. And, and then at some point, what is too much data? Much, yeah. <laughs> we so, still want to remain friends, don't we? <laughs> you go into a meeting and there's like one out of 10 people because nine couldn't get in the door. Right, yeah. right. And, and that's, I'm joking, but the privacy and the governance side, we've been on the privacy governance discussion for a long time. Nobody's really thinking about it yet. We've been thinking about it. But as we collect more and more data, we have to have that privacy discussion because there are places around the world that are not having those discussions and are turning into draconian authoritarian worlds. And I don't think that's what we want. Yeah. No. All right, uh, final question. Um, a lot to hear you talk, it seems easy, you know, you make the decision, move forward. But what you're doing is pretty extraordinary and not a lot of people are doing it at the scale that you are. What advice do you give to your peers and other real estate organizations, either commercial, corporate, institutional, that are you know trying to figure this out. What, what advice do you give them you know, Monday morning to start the journey that gets them to where you are today? Sure, well, uh, fundamentally you gotta understand um, where your business principles are. And if truly, if they're not aligned with your customer first around wellness, around sustainability, I think that's the first place you need to, you need to look. Um, if your business values are not aligned to make your space well and to make them sustainable in today's time, uh, you're going to be facing some challenge ahead. And once you've checked that box, I mean, then it's time to look at, you know, how do you pilot? How do you understand the data that's coming from the pilot units? And then what do you do with that information to get to that ROI, to make that, uh, that system working for you? And uh, with CAR, we have, you know, we're looking well into the future on what we're doing around this data that's coming from our uh, our indoor air quality systems. I mean, not just looking at alerts and automations, but we're also looking into the, you know, the, the future of how this plays in with uh, with Web three, how this plays into semantic web, the blockchain, and even into you know what's going on in the metaverse in, in the next five to ten years with how people uh, in physical spaces interact with 
um, mixed reality data. Yep. Yeah. And and how indoor air quality plays into that. There's a there's a lot of crossover. Yep. Well, and, and the thing that's important to realize is that indoor air quality is one component. There's energy, there's operations, there's experience. I mean, the list is long about the things you do once you have this connected infrastructure. Uh, but but and when people try to piecemeal and do one application at a time, one network at a time, that never ends well. You have to have a comprehensive strategy, which I know you guys do. So, all right, Aaron, I knew it was going to go way too quick. Um, we're going to have you back. Uh, and um, maybe next time we'll we'll have you walk around the office and show you some of the show some of the stuff that you're implementing. That would be fun. I think we're going to be getting into some live tour type things uh, in 2022. So, um, would love to have you back. And again, thank you. Happy New Year, and uh, you be well, my friend. Take care. All right. Um, with that, let's bring on Howard Berger in the news for first week of 2022 and see what's happening in the world of real estate technology. Howard, how are you? Happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year, Jim. I'm well, thank you. Um, and I, I just a special thanks. Uh, th I want to thank Aaron for joining us today. That was really a great conversation. It's really, you know, refreshing. It's inspiring to, to work with the, the folks at CAR. Um, uh, they're so passionate and energized to apply innovative thinking. Uh, wish, really wish we had more leaders like them in the industry say that um so a little on the news we're gonna we're gonna highlight a few of the articles from our weekly news briefing we release every thursday morning uh first of all i want to shout out to our tech partner microlab a wireless tech uh telecom group company for their article uh on 5g and we're all i know anxiously awaiting all the great benefits we've been told we're going to experience by getting 5g into our buildings the problem uh is that although millimeter wave 5g is lightning quick can't penetrate buildings well. And the low band sub six 5G uh, is gonna be so busy blanketing all the major coverage areas that performance won't, isn't actually gonna be a whole lot better than 4G. It's looking like this mid band, the C band that they've been talking about may provide the ideal combination of coverage and capacity. It's now starting to be rolled out for 5G use. And that's the good news. Uh, there's a caveat though, to get the most out of that C band, Network operators, uh, owners, and building owners are going to need to fit, refit the infrastructure with components that really have high performance specifications, uh, not the off-the-shelf stuff. If they don't, they won't maximize the performance benefits, but the rewards will still be well worth the investment. So check out that article from Microlabs. So, um, so both CBRE and JLL have been doing uh, some early first quarter shopping, and they got their checkbooks out this week. And they just made a couple of strategic announcements um, on the uh, 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 on uh, uh, on some acquisitions um, uh, in the in the workplace building performance space. Uh, the uh, CBRE just announced on Wednesday they've acquired Building I for their IWMS space utilization data management and BIM services, which CBRE will be incorporating into their occupancy management team as what they call building I from CBRE. And with this acquisition, CBRE can now provide 24-7 uh, foundational occupancy planning, technical drawing, spatial data management, work order processing services, and they can also do fit support. And just yesterday, uh, JLL also announced they've acquired a Sacramento-based Hank, which is a virtual engineering platform powered by artificial intelligence that autonomously optimizes building management systems at commercial buildings. 
to deliver increased comfort, air quality, and energy savings. Uh, Hank was founded in 2016 by Zach Denning and Jeremy Spillman. Hank plugs into existing VAS and VAS and, uh, and creates digital twins with the goal of driving energy savings, uh, efficiency, asset longevity, uh, tenant comfort, and IAQ. Um, let me see here. Also, let me get back here. Uh, also, I uh, wanted to give a special nod uh, to Warren Adair, who is the former VP uh, of IT at Donahue Schreiber. And he just joined Liberty Military Housing as their VP of Information Technology. And Warren's been a longtime Railcom advisor uh, and member of the community. And congratulations, Warren. We wish you the best of luck on your new digs. Uh, and also on Wednesday, uh, New York State Governor uh, Kathy Hochul doubled down on climate and clean energy by creating a new uh, battery standard, Battery Research and Manufacturing Center at Binghamton Re University. It's led by Professor Stanley Whittingham, who was awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 2019 as one of the three main inventors of the lithium ion battery. She also doubled the state's energy storage deployment target from three to six gigawatts by 2030. Now that original three gigawatt target was already the largest US state level policy goal for the 2030 timeline. Very aggressive move uh, on the climate front for New York. Um, I am out of time, that's it for me today. Uh, much more in our weekly briefing, check it out and we will see you all next week. All right, Howard, great job. Good start to the new year. Sounds like things are picking up pretty quick. And uh, these are not small uh, changes that we're talking about. That, that move in New York State uh, is significant. And I think it's, it's a move to you know, a new sustainable architecture for power. And ultimately, uh, that's going to lead right into buildings and the microgrids we've been talking about for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an aggressive move. And uh, you know, ho hopefully, we will start seeing you know, that level of engagement by the other states. Also, the interesting news about the acquisitions. Um, I think 2022 is going to be the year of consolidation, acquisition. And I think a lot of that prop tech investment activity that's been taking place for the last seven to 10 years, I think we're going to start to see some consolidation in 2022. A lot of M&A consolidation. Yeah, that's, 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 keep our eyes open. And we'll, re we'll be reporting on that as it comes along. As it comes along. All right. Thank you so much. You have a great day and uh, I will see you soon. All right, before I introduce or talk about next week's show, let's hear from our final sponsor and I'll be right back. All right, and thank you to all of our sponsors today. So next week, we got a real special treat. We got Spencer Levy, who is the Global Chief Client Officer and the Senior Economic Advisor for CBRE. That's a long title, but boy, he deserves it. Um, I have known Spencer for a long time. Uh, we've actually had him speak at Realcom in our opening general session a few years back. This guy moves fast, he travels the world, he talks to everybody, and he's at the heartbeat of uh, the largest real estate organization in the world, CBRE. So where a lot of people touch two or three people uh, in a day, in a week, in a month, CBRE and, and thus Spencer are touching thousands globally. So if there's any uh, one we wanna talk to and understand what's going on with back to work, COVID, uh, next generation of smart buildings, Spencer's the guy. So we're very much looking forward to our conversation next week and look forward to having you join us. And with that, I'd like to say thank you again. Happy New Year. Uh, 2022 is off and running and we are ready to try and keep up. Have a great day and be well.